Well, hello and good morning, good afternoon, good evening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Natalie Dulaney. And I'm Heidi Baller. And welcome to The Butter Dish. We are kicking off season two um, with a couple solo podcasts. But since we're together, it's yes. still a... It's always a two-for-one. It's always a two-for-one. But today we're actually going to talk about bodies. Yes. This is the bod pod. The bod pod. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to basically go over general body types just to give you an idea that there actually are categories for that. And we're doing this purely because um, we get asked about it a lot. And it's an interesting way to think about your bodies. This is not the gospel truth. And... Just a disclaimer, it's not doing anybody any favors to like um, obsess over which type they are or wishing they were another type or anything like that. And anyway, it's it's a slippery slope with a lot of this stuff. So we're just going to give you an overview, some of our thoughts. And also just to give you a little bit of context as far as like who your physical body is, because obviously in the sphere, we talk a lot about nutrition and weight loss and aesthetics. And I think sometimes just having a little bit of awareness and understanding of of the differences and the abilities that you have in your physical person can maybe bring a little bit of peace. It's meant to be encouraging, not discouraging. Yes, yes. So let's make that a very big blanket. Yes. And just uh, like Nat said, a, a teaching tool, not that this isn't necessarily a philosophy that we subscribe to or endorse or anything, but just take what you will from it. And here we go. All right. So there are three general body types. I think we need to say that again. So three general <laughs> body types. Meaning that while there are three general ones, most people are a blend. So the three different body types are ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. Um, So like Nat said, it's rare that anyone fits perfectly into just one of these categories. Typically, you are um, a mix and there's a lot of overlap. And as we're going to talk about, it is possible through years of training and good nutrition to, to change your body's outward appearance or your body composition. And like we said earlier, this is a discussion of disposition. It isn't about limits, but understanding your body type can provide information about how you respond to food intake and your hormonal and sympathetic nervous system characteristics, and also just some context about what you're maybe possibly working towards. Mm-hmm. So once you establish what your body type, you can adjust your nutrient intake to maximize body composition and um, other health-related goals. One thing I kind of want to like point out too is what's interesting is if you look over the span of time, the like air quote desired body types have completely changed. (laughs) So So based on when you grew up or based on what generation you are, you're going to also notice that you've seen this kind of trend, especially on social media as they've gone through and have pointed out like beauty, you know, beauty ideals from like the 1920s all the way to now, just know that you'll see how the pendulum swings really through all three of these mm-hmm. um, in context of like what we define beauty as. And totally. obviously that's going to be very, very subjective to the individual, what they think is attractive or what they find appealing. And so also remember that in context, as we read some of these descriptions um, about the three body types. So we're mm-hmm. actually going to dive into a precision nutrition um, model about the three body types. So we're just going to talk a little bit about them. So okay. So first one up ectomorphs. These are typically thin individuals with smaller bone structure and thinner limbs. Um, think of your typical endurance athlete, like a marathon runner. This profile is linked to a fast metabolic rate and a high carbohydrate tolerant tolerance. Ectos generally do best with more carbs in their diet, along with moderate protein and lower fat intake. So what's interesting about ectomorphs, and I actually didn't obviously realize this until we started setting, but I think 
you know, growing up historically, we always believed that like runners mm-hmm. were so thin. And so the way to be thin and look like them was to run. Right. Instead of realizing that the reason that they're good at running is because they're ectomorphs. So this is going to be someone that maybe you grew up thinking like they can eat whatever they want. They mm-hmm. never gain weight. Running must be magical. Right. They automatically have a six pack, no matter like what they do. <laughs> um, they could actually be completely sedentary, but they still have a very long lean physique. Sinewy. Sinewy, yes. Um, or they have really low body fat a lot of times. And you'll notice that, like a lot of them are cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, or they have a hard time putting on weight. You'll hear mm-hmm. that. And so I think sometimes people are like, Oh, what a problem to have, but also this is part of their body physique. Yes. So, um, and now I know you're probably thinking like, Oh, I'm an ectomorph, but I struggle with carbs or carbs that irritate me. Okay. This is very general, very, very general. So your specific person is going to maybe be different, but let's just go from broad strokes. Yeah. All right. Number two is the mesomorph. Mesomorphs have a medium sized bone structure and athletic body. And if active, they usually have a considerable amount of lean mass predisposition for muscle gain and the maintenance of a lower body fat. Mesos typically do best on a mixed diet consisting of balanced carbs, proteins, and fats. Mm-hmm. And the uh, third one up is endomorphs. Endomorphs have a larger bone structure with higher amounts of total body mass and fat mass and tend to be naturally less active. Where the ectomorphs, ectomorphs tend to burn off ex- excess calories with near constant movement, excess calories and endomorphs do not seem to cause that same increase in expenditure. Meaning like if you, ecto, typically with ectomorphs, if they increase their intake, they tend to increase their movement. This is not necessarily the case with endomorphs. Um, this profile leads to a greater propensity for energy storage, including including both lean mass, so muscle, and also fat mass, and can have a lower carb tolerance. Endos typically do best on higher fat and protein intake with carbs being controlled and properly timed. I, for example, after exercise. So kind of like what we mentioned earlier, most people are a blend. Um, and also keep in mind that, you know, now with a more, you know, delicious food landscape, as well as more sedentary options, you might not actually know exactly which one you fit into mm-hmm. if you were to fit into any of them, just because based on our lifestyle changes too. Um, everyone has, everyone can gain weight and everyone can lose weight because Absolutely. of the energy balance thing. So sometimes, you know, you might, maybe typically might be an ectomorph, but you might feel like you're not naturally really thin anymore because of lifestyle changes. And same with endomorphs, you might be a more active endomorph. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, this is more about just kind of understanding that we are built and shaped differently and have different bodies, um, which also makes it kind of exciting because that's what, you know, variety is the spice of life. Totally. Well, and even though it's hard to use any language to describe these things, that doesn't, doesn't sound like judgmental in some way, shape or form. It's interesting just to notice that, um, you know, tendencies, right. Um, what, what is, what is your body's natural propensity? And also, I think it's important to also point out too, that with training, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, there's a lot of ways to actually change your physique. If that's something that you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing too, is that there are, you know, while I, I think it's hard to, I don't really want to call it like pros and cons to every body type, but let's just go there because yeah. it's like an easier thing to say. It's like, while yes, you might be like, well, ectomorphs have an easier time saying lean, but they also have maybe a harder time putting muscle mass exactly. on. Or endomorphs might have a harder time staying lean, but they can put muscle mass on really quickly. Exactly. So there's always going to be plus and minuses, air quote, plus and minuses to every physique. Totally. And so what it is, is more not getting the weeds about it because you have opportunity in both ends. Exactly. Well said. So when we talk about blends, um, a lot of times you can be like an ectomeso blend or a mesoendo blend, or, you know, there's a different thing. And what that means is just that not everybody's the same because 
as we all know, <laughs> takes two to make a baby. And then you have <laughs> dual DNA kind of colliding with each other. And you can actually have a variety of three all in one family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're not going to even get into epigenetics, but that's really fun. Too. Oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about just aesthetics. Okay. We're going to take health and nutrition off the table. Let's just talk about aesthetics and what workouts you would need to do depend no matter what body type you are to create the aesthetic that people are currently chasing after, whether it's biceps, six pack abs, quads, a booty, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, I think it's safe to say that the trained version of each of these body types is sort of, um, is what we're talking about. So in order to change your body composition, that's for all three of these types, it's going to be hypertrophy based, um, increasing your strength, increasing your amount of lean muscle mass. So let's just say this in like layman's terms for people who are here, hypertrophy based progressive overload and are like, I don't even know what that means. Okay. Hypertrophy basically is just getting stronger. (laughs) It's like, you're basically trying to increase your mass, right? And progressive overload means you're telling your body over and over again, like, Hey, we need to be able to do this movement. So then therefore your body adapts. So it's basically like, if you've been lifting five pounds and you want to move to sevens, you're going to do rep ranges in that to be able to tell your body like, Hey, muscle, we need to grow to be able to do sevens and then onward and onward and onward. That's, I mean, it's, that's a very general general (laughs) third grade way to explain it. But if you kind of get the idea that like the whole idea in order to create aesthetic changes, like how your muscle looks or how your body looks, you are required to build a muscle, right? So yes, there, that might come with weight gain. Yes. That might come with, you know, tighter inches, but that's what happens when you build. It's not a fattened muscle or in a trading card either. You're not walking around being like, I'll give you five pounds of fat for two pounds of muscle, please. <laughs> it, they're completely two different, um, two different processes, body processes. So what that all is to say is yes, unfortunately you can't just do whatever workout and always have an aesthetic component of it. Like you will look like a person who does that workout. I guess this isn't like if you want a dancer's body and you dance, then you will have a dancer's body because it, it does that function. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's you, you thinking that's, of that's it. That's actually very abstract. That's well, not. it's, if you're thinking about your, your, <laughs> your, your training program, you adapt to said training program, right? So if you're not consistently challenging your muscles, then there's going to be no motivation for them to grow. Um, and there's a, there's a variety of different ways that you can do that, but, and depending on which body type you have or what your goals are, where you want to grow, what you want to grow may vary. So, so this is a little, this is a little bit of a tricky podcast to talk generally about so many of these things, but, but so hypertrophy base means that you're just trying to grow the size. Yes. Progressive overload means you're just telling your body over and over again that, Hey, we need to be able to do more and therefore it grows. Yes. So heavier over time. Okay. I don't know. This is where I, broad strokes, man. Seriously. We, we typically like to get down into the details, I guess. Okay. So um, so, so if you're, if you're looking to change your body composition and again, again, bringing nutrition and things back into it, you typically like for ectomorphs, they're typically going to require build phases where you're going into a calorie surplus in combination with, um, you know, some kind of bodybuilding, progressive overload, hypertrophy based programming. Um, similarly endomorphs who can put on muscle a little bit easier are going to want to use, utilize, um, 
some cardio and things like that in order to reduce body and, you know, also cycling nutrition to reduce body fat, if that's a goal that they have and mesomorphs just paying attention to getting, getting enough, getting the right amount and a mix of bodybuilding and cardio. Like, um, I think there's going to be, it's, those are the general, general recommendations, but again, everybody's kind of a mix. So you kind of want to pay attention to what works best. And Okay. So we just had to pause for a second to sort of clear our heads because, you know, Nan and I exist in a real interesting space in this fitness nutrition world where we, it's super important to us to come from an inclusive place. We don't want to appear fat phobic in any way, shape or form. That's not what we're about. We're, we, we're all about body acceptance and things like that. So this, this is purely a discussion about the science about it. Yes. And then towards the end, we're going to give you a little bit of context as far as opinions about like you, how you feel about yourself, but they are very much separate from that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously this is your first podcast with us. Please don't start here. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, if it is, understand that we're trying to come to a place of education for you guys. But at the same time, we have less control over what you do with this information but we hope that you understand that this is coming from an awareness standpoint. Yes. And if you stay with us till the end, a la Dave Chappelle, (laughs) that might be the most controversial thing we've ever said on. I know seriously, is that really what it comes down to is like really embracing the best version of you. So this is where we're kind of heading with this podcast. Yes. And, and understanding what are, what are fair expectations, um, for, for your own results. And, you know, as we as we have coached thousands of women, we do have a lot of them come and they have, you know, I want to look like her. I want to look like her. I want to look like her. I want a body like that. And, and where body types come in is that, you know, being five, four and three quarters, <laughs> I probably will never, ever look like a girl who's five ten, mm-hmm. just purely from length and limb length, same um, body type, all sorts of stuff. So when you hear that, you're like, well, yeah, duh. But I think sometimes Instagram or social media can really get us into the weeds about we don't, we don't necessarily look at her and be like, oh, well, she's four inches taller than me. So that means that I, you know, it's not a fair comparison. I think a lot of times we just see it and we see, well, she gets that. And I don't get that or, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever you decide to tell yourself when you're comparing yourself to people on Instagram. It, it's, I think very, I think a lot of us try, but it, it is really hard sometimes to like be in a place where it's so visual and to not have it get in our head a little bit. Yeah. Um, but as Heidi and I have obviously very two different body types, two different, you know, two different ways that workouts that we enjoy workouts and the way that our bodies and our muscle development grows, we have very different results. You know, we've done the same workout, probably a thousand workouts of the same workout, and we totally don't even look the same. And so mm-hmm. this is kind of where that body type information kind of lends itself. Yes. Well, and let's just keep going down this, this track anyways, because I mean, to your point, um, like there's pros and cons to to all kinds of different aspects of this. For example, you know, the, some of the differences in our body are represented in even the movements that we are good at, you know, like your deadlift because of the length of your, your legs and your arms squats for, for, for the same reason for me, for the, the length of my, um, 
you know, from my knees to my hips and things like that. Yeah, And that's actually something important with body types. It's not even just like how you physically look. It's all your house. Also how you physically perform. Totally. You know, like longer, longer limbs are going to be able to run faster, right? Mm-hmm. You know, shorter legs have a lot more power in them too. So, I mean, yep. it's also part of celebrating, you know, who you are in your physique. Like Heidi is ergonomically, is that the word? Or <laughs> she, she, Her body is great for squatting. Mine is not great for squatting. My my body's great for deadlifting, mm-hmm. even better for sumo deadlifting. And so it's not nothing we did to earn that right. quote, right? But it is our genetics. And so, but if you go in expecting, you know, not not even understanding what <laughs> what your specific body arrangement lends itself to, then sometimes we can get really hard on ourselves that we aren't good at all of the things or we can't have all of the things. And while on the one hand, it's great to have a mindset of like. I have all kinds of possibilities. Uh, Sometimes when we get so rigidly focused on having to prove that in one way or another, like it, it um, eclipses other possibilities and opportunities that are maybe more with more um, reasonable or something that we could even maximize our potential at if we, if we just knew. (laughs) And and even allowing yourself some compassion in that area is great. It's like, I will never have a jacked upper body like Heidi. And conversely, she'll probably never have my legs. Exactly. So, and it's not to diminish either of our, um, our beauty, our gifts, our, Mm -hmm. you know, talents, whatever it is, it's just genetics. That's how it is. Just like she has blue eyes. I have brown eyes. Those are, I think we can like pull those things apart. Like, well, yeah, I mean, you, what are you gonna do about your eye color? Right. Yeah. But also what do you do about how tall you are? (laughs) You know, it's just, exactly. it's, It's more about embracing what you have and working towards the best version of you with some context versus just thinking like, I suck. I can't have any of it. And everybody else gets it but me. Well, totally. Or for example, because I have, because I, I genetically am able to have a more jacked upper back and shoulders and what have you. It's because genetically that's easier for me. I don't work harder than you. I just, I never have. Like I, I, I think in the beginning we were kind of confused about that because I technically started working out before you, but then things strength wise, we evened out for a while. And then you surpassed me in a lot of different ways. Mm. Well, we're just going to, we're just being honest here. (laughs) So the point is that like, uh, we, you know, we see this a lot on Instagram, like it's not genetics, it's hard work. And it's like, well, yes, but also no, right? Like genetically, some people are just going to be able to put on muscle easier. Their muscles going to look a certain way faster. Like that, that you, it's about genetic potential, but then also there's work involved in meeting said potential, right? But just because it's just easy to, um, make these assumptions, looking at two people side by side, one has a specific look that you think is, is more desirable. And so you think, well, I should do what she does, or she must be doing it in some special way. And while yes, training in a specific way is important. Also, if you don't have the the genetics for a specific look, then there's not really a ton you can do about that. Right. And then on this like aesthetic note, it goes the same way. It's like when we talk about like, you know, trouble spots and body fat and like where we put on weight and things that like, oh, I don't like my hips. I don't like my midsection. I don't like this and that. That's also genetic. Like where you store body fat is also part of your genetic. Totally. And so, yeah, you can have some people who within a span of 20, 30, 40 pounds will always have abs. Mm -hmm. And same, 
span will never get cellulite. It's like, these are all part of the awareness. And the whole reason we are recording this podcast is so you just have a little bit more context for either what you want or what's encouraging to you or what's inspiring to you or what's motivational to you. Because as we do go around and we see people, you know, tell people on their Instagram, like, oh, your body goals, your body goals. It's like, okay, they can be body goals, but like, please don't diminish like your potential. Yes. Because you have your own set of body goals that will look like the best trained version of you, Mm -hmm. which might not look like anybody that you deem air quote body goals. Totally. And just an asterisk to what I just said about, there's not a ton you can do about that. Actually, what I mean is it would require a ton to do anything about that. (laughs) Exactly. And so really that's part of this whole like genetics versus hard work rant is that, is there hard work? I mean, I mean, hard work is subjective, Right. right? It's like, what's hard work to somebody might be a da- their normal daily, their daily output, right? Mm-hmm. But what's some hard work to somebody else might be like, it would require like so much orchestration to make that easy. Totally. Nutrition, cycling, lifting, exactly. it becoming like a major, major focus. So what it all comes down to is in the context of like what you might be hoping to aesthetically achieve. This is where having somebody, you know, objectively look at you mm-hmm. or give you some pointers or help with coaching could actually be beneficial to you. Like if you want to know what's possible for you, get curious yes. instead of just assuming that it's not available to you. But as you'll go through the process with years and as you start training and as you get more involved in lifting and realizing how dynamic and strong you are, like a lot of you have to even just first discover how strong you are. Um, let's even just start there regardless of like aesthetic pursuits, right? Like mm-hmm. the potential you have to like really do incredible things in your current body, despite what it looks like is really like the first step we would encourage you to go find, right? But then genetically, like you will notice as you get further and further into your fitness game, what you're great at, yeah. what you're good at, what you enjoy doing. There's a reason why people, some people really love hip thrusts and some people really don't. <laughs> I do not really like hip thrusts. I don't actually care about a peach, but people do, yeah. right? And they're allowed to, and you're allowed to care, right? But I also know that there's also limiting factors to certain things physique-wise that I'm able to attain with, with the without incredible amounts of hard work and time mm-hmm. and calorie surpluses. So it's more about giving your goals context and managing your expectations, but also giving yourself a whole hell of a lot of credit for what you do have. And those are your stock parts. Oh, hundred percent. And there's, there's so many benefits to this um, mindset wise and self-esteem wise. If you can imagine, you know, every time <laughs> our, our, Every time you looked in the mirror, you actually changed the conversation from what do I see that I don't like to, and we, as women, we have to like manually shift into this gear. It is, it is not automatic looking in the mirror and saying like, what do I, what do I like? And training yourself to look for positive aspects. Um, the, because a lot of us as women, we just assume that the absence of flaws means we are confident. If I can't find anything to criticize, then that means I'm in a good place. Um, And that is not at all what confidence is. Uh, Confidence is noticing positive things about yourself and supporting yourself when you feel negative emotions about yourself as well. Right. And a lot of that has to do with having your own back, especially with the way that you feel, the way that you look. I mean... In this sphere, it usually is about weight loss or building muscle right now. That's the that's the current trend right now. That's mm-hmm. And so not getting in the weeds as far as like, you know, looking like someone else or being like someone else, but figuring out what is the best version of you is really something that's really exciting to explore if you look at it from a positive light. Yeah. 
Um, it's not about deficiencies, right? It's not about like what you can't have or what you don't have currently. It's about really embracing like, you know, in this God-given body that you have, there are gifts. I mean, as we kind of described earlier, like every single air quote body type has its air quote pros and cons. Right? Yes. Depending on the individual. Yeah. And so figuring out what you can do in your own, in your own body and in your own space, things that you enjoy, doesn't matter. Like, like we're here to like live in this, in this space, right. And in, in our bodies. And so coming to a place where you're really accepting of like your physique and who you are and like the opportunities you have for yourself is part of that air quote journey <laughs> to become the best version of you. Totally. And there's just, there's so much all or nothing thinking involved in, in this, in this fitness fit space. So breaking that up in your mind about like, First of all, you are more, you, you are not a body. A self is not a body. You are, you are, you have a relationship with your body. What kind of relationship do you want? And noticing like, you know, nobody has a bad body. <laughs> so, so the analogy that Nat came up with this for stock parts is, um, and I hope I don't slaughter it. <laughs> this idea that like every model of car comes with features that come standard on it. Um, so what little things that they, they use as like celebration points of that specific model. And what are, what are your celebration points? Um, these things really, really matter. We can all make a list of a hundred things that we don't like about ourselves, but what about a list of a hundred things that you do like, like, can you do that? Can you do that also? <laughs> Yeah, can you be the person that looks at like your body type and celebrates the parts that you have on it that comes standard with your model? Like mm-hmm. Heidi's got incredible blue eyes. She that comes standard to her model. Yeah, right? in your lips. Yeah. And so, and yeah, you can do things to um, you know, add, add upgrades. You can, <laughs> you know, offer tinted windows or maybe power <laughs> windows or power door locks. I'm really dating myself <laughs> from the generation of roll-down windows. But I mean, there are things you can do to obviously upgrade your vehicle, but at the same time, you can also drive it off the lot and have a really, really good time with it. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, as you look around and as you observe individuals from a place of like of, of curiosity versus judgment or comparison, you'll find that the diversity that exists in the fitness space is really quite exciting. Yeah. And just much like the Olympics, like, I mean, you, you group together some of the most incredible athletes from around the world and no, none of them look alike. Yeah. You know, you could definitely see like, okay, the sprinters have like a vibe, you know, the shot putters have a vibe, but they're all incredibly valuable, valuable humans. And so it's part of like looking at like us as like a, as a collection of really interesting, cool. Absolutely. Like achievements versus it just being like, well, I wish I was a sprinter, but I'm a shot putter. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, absolutely. And also doing that, using the similar perspective for your whole life history, that there isn't a point where you did it wrong or you're not in this situation because of, you know, you, you've made all these mistakes or you're leaving behind this inferior version of you, but that all of your experiences and all your life history and everything that's, that's happened to, to you and your body has brought you to this place. And how can we become more inclusive and embracing all of that, all of that, that contributes to who we are today. And, you know, one of the, just even, just even us as women going back through our the history of our physical body and thinking of all of the things that have happened to our body. I mean, how many times we listen to women just berate themselves over their, over their middles when it's like, you know, 
present company included, right? <laughs> when it's like, we've had kids, like you're, you're, you, this amazing body is expanded all the way out to here. And then you expect it to just snap back with no repercussions, right? But then again, we can see people out in the world who seem to have no effects. So then we compare ourselves and then we just strip away any possibility of giving ourselves compassion in that moment also. Oh, or even like air quote credit for like what your amazing body has done for you. So totally. All this to say, we yes. started out with one trajectory with this podcast. I know. And of course, ending it in a way that only we could is that for you to remember that you are somebody, not just some body. Oof, you made it. The butter dish didn't melt your face. Thanks so much for hanging with us. If you enjoy that episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, share it to your social media, or leave a comment. That all really helps. So the kids say. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at Butter Your Macros. On the web at ButterYourMacros.com. Twitter and TikTok at What's Up Butters. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks.